We're on a mission from God. And now, something completely different. Good morning, everyone, and a happy Saturday to you. This is Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in picturesque South St. Louis. <laughs> Come on, the trees are bare. There's all kinds of dirt on the roads oh. and everything from the ice that they, because you guys put lots of salt down and everything. Yes, we do put lots of salt down. But but love is in the air. It's almost Valentine's oh, it is. Day. That's love true. Love is in the air. Love is in the air. Da 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 da. Yes. Oh, and I'm uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah. That's right. We did say we we're going to do more musical numbers this year. Oh, of course. That was yeah, one of our... Great. We just... Kind of like a musical. We one just of our resolutions. We'll break into song and dance. <laughs> you won't see the dancing part, but you'll at least <laughs> right. benefit from the but singing But you can part. imagine. You can use your mind yeah. and imagine. I'm John Lekomsky. I'm pastor at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in New Athens, Illinois, and Trinity Lutheran Church in Darmstadt, and I'm sure we're just as... What, what, what was Love the Love is just as much in the air, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. In, right. in southern Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't want to keep people in suspense anymore because I, I know all week long they've been thinking, oh, oh, when will the next show be on? Because we promised them a new knock-knock joke. You but... left us with a cliffhanger. <laughs> That's right. But here's the old knock-knock joke. Okay. Now, if you've heard this, I, I, I've heard it a hundred times, but it's one of my favorite knock Do you have a favorite knock-knock joke? I should let you start. <laughs> Do you have a favorite knock-knock joke? Uh, let's stay here. You know, the, my problem is with jokes, I always forget them. I, I hear these great jokes. Oh, I got I to gotta write that <laughs> one down. But I never write down i just forget them but you're young blood in one you year shouldn't out forget the them. other i don't know what it is i am just not i don't know i i, I appreciate jokes i love jokes but i just i they're go, in one year go home and talk to noah and He's write, it down. See, write that, it down all the knockback jokes i know are kind of yeah you know junior high or younger age levels well, so that's what a knock knock joke is. is don't knock it i don't think there's a steady <laughs> ah, don't knock it get it well i mean my favorite one is the, the okay Knock, knock. Who's there? Interrupting cow. Interrupting cow. No. <laughs> that is one of my favorites. I love that one. Oh, that's, a good right. one. that's a good one for trick-or-treating. <laughs> so now, here's a new one, though. I'll bet you've never heard this one before. And I have to work on my pronunciation to make sure that I'm saying these very clearly. Knock, knock. Who's there? Owl says. Owl says. Who? Exactly. Oh, nice. <laughs> I like that. Was that the old one? No, that's the, the new one? one. That's the new one. No, like your 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 old one is the best one. one. No, I haven't even. That, that, that's good. That's what defines it as new, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. If you had heard it. By definition, it would have been the old knock-knock joke, but I'd never heard that one before I either. like that one. Yeah. That is knock, good. Knock. <laughs> owl, yeah. owl says. And it's, it's like the person you're telling the joke to, you know, yeah. ends up with the punchline. That's I right. love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. We were saying, yeah, knock-knock jokes, people, good for people of all ages, but you, you, you were saying that there's junior high students who listen to our program. There are. Rest there of are. the basics. Why their parents would allow them, I have no idea. <laughs> it shows the laxity of parenthood uh, in our yeah. culture today. You start censoring but we, uh, we, kids are listening we thank to. you we we, we, oh, we love anybody who listens most to us. definitely so last week we we had a story about jesus healing a leper and and we we noticed that it taught us that faith doesn't care about the 
law. It doesn't care about society. Faith says, I want to be close to Jesus. So even this guy, as you said, should have been shouting, unclean, unclean, stay away from me. He gets so close that Jesus can actually reach out and touch him. And Jesus, of course, does. And that's the way faith works. Faith doesn't care whether we're worthy or not. In fact, faith is based on the fact we're not worthy. Faith recognizes, no, I don't deserve anything from God, but you know what? I think he's going to do some good stuff for me. So I'm going to come close to him and ask his blessing and primarily, of course, his love and his forgiveness. And Matthew immediately follows this up with yet another story of a guy who's unworthy. Uh, Could you read, if you would, Matt, from Matthew 8, verse 5? Yes. So here we go. When he entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appearing to him. Now, why would this guy be unworthy, Matt? Well, he is a he's a centurion. What so, is a centurion, by the way? I'm glad you asked. Yes. <laughs> so I used to centur- drive. I used to have a Ford centurion. Ford centurion. Here's a go. The, yeah. <laughs> the uh, centurion was someone who was, was in the army of Rome. So they were an officer in that military. Uh, they were likely in charge of 100 people. You know, centurion, yep, like yep. centuries, 100 years long. So he's in charge of about 100 people. So this guy, oh, well, it looks like he's... Probably a, a Gentile, I would imagine. Oh, he's yeah. Serving in the yeah. military. And uh, and here he is appealing to this Jewish guy, this Jew from Nazareth, uh, named Jesus. So, so actually, again, like we said last week, most scholars think he's writing to Jewish people. Yeah. And so the Jewish people would have been really offended by the fact that a leper would have the audacity to get that close. Yeah, an unclean leper, sure. But again, he was a Jewish leper, at least, right? He was a, a member of the house of God, the people of Israel. But this guy, no, like you said, he's a Gentile. He's a goyim, and that's not a nice word. Yeah. That's an insulting word. Uh, an alien, a foreigner. Uh, uh, the fact that, well, Jesus shouldn't even have anything to deal with him. And when he saw the guy coming to him, Jesus should have walked away. You don't, you don't interact with Roman centurions. Yeah. Uh, well, let's see what Jesus does here. They're the bad guys, they, right? Well, yeah. They, well, they, and especially if Jesus is this Messiah, uh, he's he's coming to kick people like this guy out, right? That's exactly why he came to get rid of these evil, wicked Roman oppressors. You're absolutely right. So why is he? Why is he giving this guy even? Uh, Give him the time of day. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Well, let's find out. Uh, he comes to him and appeals, saying, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Oh, come on, Jesus. Cut us a break here. What? Don't, do you not know who you're talking to here? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have second thoughts about this whole Jesus guy. <laughs> I mean, he's healing lepers who come to him audaciously. Now you got Gentiles, these outsiders coming, and he's going to go heal. Oh, come Where is he going to draw the line? Exactly. Where does he draw the line? <laughs> okay. And I, yeah, I think that's so interesting. He's suff- I, I've, got a, I've got a servant who's sick and trouble, and Jesus, I will come and heal him. Yeah. You know, and really no questions asked. Just, yeah. yeah, I'll come and heal him. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful picture of Jesus, isn't it? Yeah. Didn't he say somewhere I would I turn no man away? Doesn't yeah. he say that somewhere? Yeah. And yeah. this uh, certainly yeah. is a prime example of that. That's kind of nice for me to know because sometimes I'm kind of feeling like I shouldn't be worthy of Jesus. I've done some things I don't like, some thoughts in my head. I'm not really sure Jesus. Well, I know he wouldn't like him. Yeah, yeah it's kind of nice to know if I would call out to him, he still would come with me. Well, yeah. I, all right. Oh, Anything else? I, 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 you know. No, no. Let's see what uh, we'll, we'll see what happens here. Uh, verse eight. It says, "But the centurion replied, Lord." I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I to him a man under authority with soldiers under me. 
And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. All right. So again, we have the same thing about faith we had last week. The leper knows he's not worthy. The leper knows he really shouldn't be getting that close to Jesus. But then again, I need Jesus. I need his help. In fact, the very fact that I'm a leper is the reason I'm coming to Jesus. Now we've got this Roman centurion, and what impresses me about this is if I was a Roman centurion, I would say, well, you know, you Jews, you're just a bunch of bigots. I'm every bit as good as you are. This whole idea that somehow, oh, by the way, I should have mentioned that. For a Jew, this guy's unclean too, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, you can't go into his house, can't eat with him, because then you'll be unclean. Mm-hmm. It's just as bad as if, as if he were a leper. But what strikes me is this guy doesn't argue the point. <laughs> In fact, he acknowledges it. Yeah, really, I'm not worthy for you to come under the roof of my house. I understand that. I'm not complaining. I'm not arguing. I, I could demand you to do this because I am, after all, a Roman centurion. I have a hundred soldiers underneath me. But no, nope, no, nope, you're absolutely right. But but see, that's what faith is. Yeah. Faith doesn't argue that we deserve this from God or that we're worthy of this or somehow God owes us. No, faith recognizes, no, absolutely, we really don't deserve anything from the Lord. We're not even worthy to come under the roof of his house. Yeah. But we do. We do. Yeah, because we still trust him. We believe in him. He's going to be the savior, whatever it is we need from him. I mean, I think really two unexpected things. I mean, like yeah. you've pointed out— Jesus is interacting with him, talking to him, this this Gentile, the centurion. But I think it's just as surprising in many ways that the centurion is talking to Jesus. Whoa. I mean, for the Romans to... He's a Roman. This guy's a Jew from the backwoods, you know, from the backwoods town of Nazareth. Big deal. He's subject to me. Um, you know, I can tell him what yes. to do. Yeah. And yet the centurion comes really in, in faith and in humbleness and says that he's unworthy. He's saying that to this Jew, uh, this, you know, this uh, traveling Jewish preacher. I'm unworthy. Oh, wow. And, 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 boy, and that really does make it striking, doesn't it? Because like you say, the Roman guy is actually the guy in control. The Roman guy is the guy who has authority with hundreds under yeah. him. Who's Jesus? He's not Jesus is even anything to the Jewish people. Yeah, He's just yeah. another rabbi. And a lot of people argue maybe, you know, who, you, yeah, even they, he's from Nazareth. Can anything good come from, And yet you're right. that This guy confesses his own unworthiness and yet shows his great honor of Jesus to come and ask him this thing. Yeah. Wow. That's faith. Yeah, it's faith. Yeah, he needs Jesus. <laughs> and, and in fact, we're, we're going to see how great that faith is in just a second. But before we do, I would like to make one saying in in uh, uh, honor of love as well. All right. What, what's okay, the so loving? Love. What's the loving thing that the centurion is showing here? Well, he's well, a concern for his servant too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. why would why would the centurion have a concern for a servant? Um, because like he says, he's in charge of all these people, but he has his concern for this one individual. So once we understand that we're unworthy of anything that God would give us, and yet we believe he would give us everything because of him. That's the way he is. He's a God of compassion and mercy, God who loves you enough to die for you. Yeah. Then all of a sudden we realize, hey, I not only want to pray for myself, but I got these people around me. I want to pray because I think he wants to help them too. In fact, I know he wants to help them. And again, isn't it interesting? I'm not concerned whether they deserve it or not. That's not an issue whether they're worthy mm-hmm. of Jesus' yep. help. They could just be some common, ordinary servant that really I should have no regard. But no, I do have a regard for them because I believe that Jesus has a regard for them. Yeah. So, so again, giving all honor to Luther here, I, 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 these are not insights I came up with, but I thought that was kind of a cool example. Oh, that's great. I mean, if, if this servant is someone that, that Jesus 
thought was worth dying for and loved him that much, well, then maybe I should love my neighbor that much, too, that same one that Jesus came and died for. I, I Hopefully that shapes how we interact with people in our lives, too. The, those we have disagreements with, those people that maybe we don't get along with, the guy on the road that just cut me off. Jesus died for that person oh. and loves that person. Maybe I should, too, especially as a Christian. Uh, at least extend that same love that Jesus thought they were worthy to receive. And, and now you're drawing me back to the words you shared with us about unity. Yeah. Because, uh, again, yeah, so that's why I regard all my fellow Christians, even though I may disagree with them, and indeed we, we have just cause maybe to disagree with them, but that is a different thing. I still recognize that they are those that Christ loved and cared for. In fact, if anything, that's why I might disagree with them, because I w- want us to be in unity in terms of the teaching of Christ. And the same thing then with everybody even outside of the church, that, yeah, he died for those. Yeah, it's a nice thought. Nice yeah. thought, man. Yeah. Well, okay, let's move on then to the next thing that Jesus says about this man, verse 10. Okay. When Jesus heard this, he marveled, and he said to those who followed him, truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline a table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to the centurion, Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. So if the scholars are right, if these words were originally written to to the Jewish people, uh, so first of all, Matthew has offended me by having a leper come and well, mm-hmm. actually Jesus has offended me, isn't it? Because Matthew's just telling us what Jesus, Jesus did. recording it. Yeah. So now I'm offended that Jesus would allow this leper to get close to him. Now I'm doubly offended because he allows this Roman, this pagan, this Goyim, this Gentile to to come close to him. Uh, uh, and now I'm probably triply offended because he says that this Roman centurion has what? No. We, it- Great faith. Uh, he hasn't found someone like him in all of Israel. Yeah. And come on, Jesus, cut us a break. Are you trying to tell me that this Roman centurion has greater faith than your mother, your mother Mary? That, that he has greater faith than Peter, James, and John, these disciples who have followed you, who are there with you on the mountain, heard the sermon? Is that what you're really saying, that this guy has greater faith than all of these good Jewish people who follow you? And the answer is, of course... Yes. yes. <laughs> Greater faith than the Pharisees and all their laws and observances? Oh, and the yeah. high priest? That's right, than the priest of the... Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and, and from this, we will learn a very important thing, that, that faith is no respecter of persons. Yeah. Okay? So, so you could be a very fine, good, upstanding Christian. You go to church every week and everything. But you may have times in your life when you really are wrestling and you've got questions and you have doubts. That that could happen. And then on the other hand, you could be some poor, miserable slob out there and and all of a sudden you just have this great confidence and, well, the confidence of a Roman centurion to say, well, I know I'm not worthy for you to come under the roof of my house, but say the word and, and I know my servant will be healed. Um I'll throw out some examples. If you think of some examples, chime yeah. in. Well, I'm thinking, you know, that Mary Mary had a great faith, didn't she? When, when the angel came and said, you're the most favored of women, we have this beautiful mm-hmm. hymn of Mary. The, the, sure, the Magnificat. And, which I think that, that had to yeah. come out of a great yeah. faith. And, and yet the story, you know, you and I shared a few weeks ago where she is greatly distressed, where she is just filled with doubt because 
she doesn't know where she put her son. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know where it's at. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I love Simon Peter, who, who, when everyone's leaving Jesus with great faith, Peter says, oh, Lord, to whom shall we go? You've got the words of eternal life. And it's not that long afterward that he's denying the Lord three times. And yet you've got a miserable, stinking thief on the cross who is so filled with faith, he says, remember me in your kingdom. Yeah. So it, this is a thing we've got to grasp. It goes back to what we said last week and this week. It has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with your worthiness. God just gives, well, did you have that Old Testament lesson where God says, I show mercy upon whom I will show mm-hmm, mercy mm-hmm. and grace upon whom I will show grace. Yeah, that's it. He's He's the giver. He gives it to whoever he wants to. Uh, and sometimes, perhaps, with Mary, with the Apostle Paul, he also allows them to have doubts and struggles just so they remember that faith is his gift. It's not their doing. Mm-hmm. They have no reason to be proud. They should just do like these people. They just keep coming back to the Lord Jesus, trusting that He he's the one who gives faith, and he'll give it to us when, when we ask for it. Yeah. Isn't um, that real grace? I mean, it, and it's, it's just humbling to know that God has given us that gift of faith, and he's chosen us. Why? I don't know. <laughs> Why did he choose Abraham? I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. he just does. You know, thanks be to God. Uh, I think another example that came to my mind while you were talking was uh, Matthew himself. Oh, okay, yeah. The guy who wrote this gospel and recorded these events, he himself a tax collector. Yeah. And we yeah. don't know what kind of tax collector he was, but they at least had a reputation of being not the best of people. They were outsiders, too, collecting more than perhaps what was needed, keeping a little for themselves on the side. Agents of the government, the Roman government, perhaps, uh, they were looked down upon by their fellow Jews. And yet Jesus calls him, seeks Matthew out. Follow me. So I wonder if, as Matthew's writing this gospel and recording these events, I wonder if he's finds comfort, too, in this account of the centurion and the leper, because he knows that his name is in that same list of people that, that really are not deserving of, of any of Jesus' grace or mercy or healing. I, I think you're absolutely right. And, and when you remember that Matthew is writing this after everything's done— after Matthew, like all the rest of the disciples, abandoned yeah, Jesus yeah. when he needed him, I think he truly appreciated that faith is not a respecter of persons. It is just the gift that God gives. Which brings me then to the final thing that I wanted to talk about this lesson. What is it exactly that Jesus finds about this Roman centurion that causes him to comment on how great his faith is? And and I, I'm just asking your answer, and I'll share with you the answer. See, I, I again, Luther already answered that question for me, but but what would you think? What was the thing that made his face so striking? Well, I think what always struck me is, is what we see in verse 8, where he says, just say the word. Yeah, yeah. And my servant will be healed. It's just the, the, the acknowledgement of the power of the word and Jesus' word, the power of the word from the word made flesh. You know, and I, I'm sure the century is not connecting all these dots necessarily, but again, the power of the word to bring healing and restoration physically, but even more so, that power of the word to bring healing and life and salvation spiritually uh, through that word centered in the one who's speaking here, Christ. And you can you can comfort yourself with the thought that's the exact point that that Luther made too. As yes, he was dealing with this. all right. <laughs> <laughs> 
we should have a new a new show. It's, do you agree with Luther? <laughs> yeah. And you, we'll give prizes out if you can guess what Luther had to what say. What was Luther thinking? It, oh, I like it. That's the title. <laughs> what was Luther thinking? thinking? I like it. We've got it. All right. So those of you that work here at KVU, I hope you're listening in. And, and uh, <laughs> oh, this is this is going to be the, the crown jewel of KVU's broadcasting. <laughs> That's what was, what Luther? was Luther thinking? So so here's and this is such and you can see the genius of of the Holy Spirit at work here because we've got a leper and he gets healed because Jesus reaches out and touches yeah, him. I know, unexpected. Yeah, but now we've got another guy and Jesus does isn't even in the same room. Isn't that beautiful? Not even close. Yeah. And yet Jesus heals him. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I, 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 this story is so, so important for us because how much I wish that I could be like the leper. How much I wish I could step and there would be Jesus standing right in front of me and he could open his arms and embrace me and touch me and take away all my ailments and my frailties. But that ain't going to happen, Matt. That ain't going to happen. He's ascended into heaven. I know that's a good thing. He's at the right hand of God. I, I got no complaints. I'm glad he's there in control of everything that's happening. But we long to... to, But this text says, if you've got the word of Jesus... You got everything about Jesus. You got all his power. You got everything he can do. You, you don't have to have that literal physical presence because if you got the word, that is sufficient. And that, as you said, that's the great faith that this man realizes. If I got the word of Jesus, I got it all. Uh, and it just excites me. And so I, I, I want to say to you and to all of our listeners, uh, you go to church. You go to church tomorrow. If you were thinking about staying home for whatever reason, uh, you, you just go to church. I appeal to you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Good. Um, because there's going to be a guy there, and he's going to tell you some things. But but you need to understand it's not the guy talking to you. It's not Matt. It's not John. But, but it is the Lord Jesus. And if you come there and your conscience is guilty and you're struggling with some sins and some things in your flesh, then that guy's going to tell you that Jesus forgives you. And that's going to be true. Because that's the word of Jesus. And if you've got some illnesses and problems, or maybe you've got friends that are having some struggles and everything, learn that Jesus hears those cries and hears those prayers. And, and when it wills, when it is his will, he will answer. He will deliver you from all of those things. He, he hears the desires of our heart and will answer them. And, and, and know for a fact that Jesus wants you to have faith. And there in that church service where that word of Jesus is being proclaimed, that is exactly what he will give you. Um, and, and you can be sure of that because, again, it's not the word of Matt, it's not the word of John or whoever your preacher happens to be, but because it is the word of Jesus. And that's yeah. what that guy understood. That's what he believed. And, um, and we can send that invitation out to everyone listening right now because yeah. it's for them. You know, we, uh, we, asked yeah. the, we asked the question earlier, where does Jesus draw the line? Yeah. You know, here, oh, a centurion, nice a leper, uh, a tax collector named Matthew. Come on, Jesus, where do you draw the line when it comes to calling people and healing and restoring? And, and he doesn't draw the line. And that's the amazing thing. Uh, it's for everyone. And so he can see with confidence, it's for everyone listening that Jesus invites you to hear his word like you just extended that invitation. And and can 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 our listeners can you understand people what you're experiencing at this very moment is exactly what Matt and I are talking about. Now we didn't pre-plan that the thought that you just gave. That came from the Holy Spirit. That came from the fact that we are sharing together with you the words of Jesus Christ. And 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 thank you Matt. I'll thank the Holy Spirit. Sure. 
Because, yeah, there is no laundry. That's the whole point of this whole thing. Whoever's out there, I, I love that. Yeah, it's for you. Don't ever think, no, no, he's not going to hear my prayers or he won't forgive my... No, no, that's what faith is, the realization that there's no reason he should. Yeah. But he and, wants to. And that's what Matt and I have been telling you. That's what he wants to do. Thank you, Matt. What a no, nice insight to invites, wrap it up here. Yeah, and what a blessing. He invites us, like you said earlier, to his house, <laughs> oh, yeah. even though yeah. we're not worthy. Thanks be to God. All right. Well, thank you for listening, and we hope you do take us up on the invitation. Come to worship. Hear that word of Jesus. And also here next week, Saturday morning, 905 on Wrestling with the Basics. <laughs>